Hello everyone and welcome to a season finale special of the Vampire Diaries Diaries, your one and only podcast for the show with the most twists per second of any program in the history of television. My name is Claire, I am joined as always by my co-host Beth, and we are here to discuss the season 3 finale, season 3 episode 22, The Departed. I'm reeling. This episode had everything. Everything and more. Ever since we started this podcast, I've been looking forward to doing this episode because it's my favorite and it's so batshit. And I just have such vivid memories of seeing it for the first time and freaking the fuck out. Uh, I know. There were so many journeys. And I was telling you earlier, um, I actually watched this episode twice. So I watched... uh, Sometimes I watch them twice, but this one I definitely wanted to watch twice. So I watched... It, the first time for kind of like the emotional experience, I was just kind of sitting back, relaxing on my couch, watching it, taking it all in, feeling the feelings. And then I watched it a second time to like get the details. And I'm glad that I watched it twice because had I not watched it twice, I would have missed out on at least like six plot twists. And I'm sure I didn't pick up on at least one of them. <laughs> oh my God, I know. I took a lot more notes than usual and I am not sure that it will suffice, but we're going to try. Yes, we'll do our damnedest. So this is a kind of unconventional flashback episode because we're flashing back only two years in the past to the day that Elena's parents died after driving off Wickery Bridge. R.I.P. Yes, R.I.P. We start the episode with Elena waking up in bed and we think, oh, she must already like be better from her accident last week. But... Then her alarm clock goes off and she looks really happy to be alive and is like bopping out of bed with a pep in her step. And we're like, wait a second. This is not the Elena we know and love. <laughs> something's yeah, going something's- on here. <laughs> right. Something's not right here. She looks too happy and healthy. And the song is the one that's like. <laughs> what is that song? I know I've heard yes. it before. It's Rockstar by Pink. Okay. I thought it might be Pink. Yeah. Thanks, Pink. Yeah, so Elena's, like, doing a little groove, doing a little dance. She wakes up looking 100% perfect. Mm -hmm. She puts her hair back in a ponytail and tosses her pom-poms to the side. And we see um, her cheerleading outfit. um, And she gets dressed for school in her cheerleading outfit. I don't remember what the cheerleading outfits looked like at my high school. I don't remember if cheerleaders wore them, like, to class. But they can't have been that skimpy in real life, could they? Hell no. I I actually don't know why this didn't grab my attention. I was like, oh, she's wearing her cheerleader outfit. But it was like a sexy Halloween costume version of a cheerleader yeah. outfit. It's like a crop top, like extremely short shorts. And like, it doesn't, it didn't even like say Mystic Falls or anything. It, it just, didn't. Like, oh my God, I didn't even know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was a no-name brand cheerleader Halloween costume. They didn't even have a picture of a Timberwolf on it. I know. What the damn hell? Ugh. I mean, she but looks yeah, great. No, definitely but... not. Yeah. Elena rocked it. We see later in the episode, Bonnie rocks it. Mm-hmm. Or wait, no. Bonnie wasn't where Was Bonnie She was. It? And I have questions about that. Yes. We'll, we'll get to that later. <laughs> right. Yes. So... Yep, Elena's looking fresh in her cheerleading outfit, and she goes downstairs, and Aunt Jenna is there. I was so happy to see Aunt Jenna. I actually, like, welled up a little bit when I saw her. Oh, Aunt Jenna, we miss you. But my happiness was quickly (laughs) subdued when Elena's like, Jeremy, 
is in the bathroom. He locked himself in there again. Doesn't he know that we know what he's doing in there? And Aunt Jenna's like, he's 14. He doesn't care. So they're alluding to Jeremy, like, jacking off in the bathroom, which is not something I want to think about. No. And also, why would he go in the bathroom to do that, that he shares with his sister when he has his own private bedroom where he could lock the door? Just do it in your bed like a normal person, Jeremy. I know. It's very Jacking off is perfectly healthy, but A, I don't want to hear about it when it's you or any child. And B, <laughs> don't do it where your sister could, like, know and hear. And, I mean, I guess you locked the door, but ugh, I don't know. I was just like, a fucking yeah. course, that's what Jeremy's doing. I know. But the the surprises keep coming because Elena tries to get some coffee, but Aunt Jenna's like, oh, no, you can't, or, you're, or uh, she'll kill me. And we suddenly meet one half of the deceased parent duo, Miranda Gilbert. I know. And this is the first time that we've actually seen her parents, right? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, it was so, like, emotional. Because, mm-hmm. like, her mom comes down and she's like, hi, Elena. And Elena's all like, hi, mom. And they do, like, a nice little morning, like, hug thing. It's so nice. Mm-hmm. And then we immediately cut to Elena asleep in a darkened hospital room. <laughs> and we're like, alone. <laughs> so much has changed. Yeah. And also this hospital room looks like it's, like, from 1980. Like, there's, like, this weird old, like, freestanding, timey television, like, Mm -hmm. on, I don't know. It just looks so damn old and outdated. So we see her waking up in the hospital bed, like, what the hell is going on? We get our title card, very subdued moment for once. And then our favorite character, the light of this season, brings us back in it's dr meredith fell talking to jeremy gilbert like chill out bro she's fine it was just a small concussion don't worry yep meredith has all of the assurances for jeremy she's like listen she's just been through a lot it's just a slight concussion you have nothing to worry about and jeremy's Hmm. like but she was bleeding like what and she's like You're dumb. I'm a smart doctor. Just believe me. I'm so trustworthy. (laughs) But I'm like, okay. She definitely probably had a concussion as part of it, but concussions don't make you bleed out your nose. Come on. Right. I know. I'm not a trained medical professional, but I at least know that. Yes. But she asked Jeremy if there's anyone he wants to call. And at first I thought this was going to be a sad moment, like, no, all of our parents and parent figures are dead. But then Jeremy gets, like, this I smelled shit look on his face. And we see that he decided to call the boyfriends. Yes. So as we remember from last episode, whatever their names are. No, just kidding. (laughs) David and and Stefan. (laughs) David and Stefan are in the car bringing Klaus away to bury his body. Um, and Jeremy's like, yeah, Elena got hurt. So I called 911, um, because that's what you do when your sister's hurt. And Damon and Stefan are like, you fucking idiots. Are you fucking idiot? This is not what you do when Elena's hurt and she's surrounded by a bunch of vampires because we could help her like feel better. And now she's just a sitting duck in the hospital waiting for Alaric or one of the originals to come pluck her up and kill her. 
Yeah, they are very judgmental of Jeremy. And normally I'd be on board and I'm really on board for the roasting that happens. But I'm also like, Jeremy's right. Like when you walk in on somebody you love unconscious and bleeding from the nose, you take them to the hospital. Like even if that was in question, even if he had done the wrong thing, it's like in the fear and panic of the moment, like maybe he made a dumb decision, but it wasn't even a a dumb decision. Drag Jeremy for the actual dumb shit he does. Yeah, although he couldn't have expected good medical care um, with Meredith on staff there, so I don't know. I don't know. No, I agree with you. I'm trying not to let my bias against Jeremy color my objective opinion on this show. I'm I'm proud of you for that because I'm an impartial reporter. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, took over Andy Starr slash Logan Fell's job. Wow, an important work. My name is actually Claire Fell. That's the big twist. (laughs) Claire fell. <gasps> that would be the least surprising twist of this whole episode if, if <laughs> I found out that you were secretly a fell. Wow, I feel like that was a huge diss on me. No! <laughs> well, I guess it kind of was, but I didn't mean it to be. I know you didn't. <laughs> but anyway, they're like, Jeremy, get her the fuck out of there. He's like, oh, well, Meredith wants to keep her in for observation. And they're like, no, get her the fuck out of there to somewhere defensible with like vampire bodyguards, dipshit. Yeah. And Damon and Stefan kind of have this discussion where they're like, okay, well, one of us has to go to, like, back to Mystic Falls and see what the fuck is going on with Elena. And one of us has to keep moving with Klaus before Alaric finds him and kills him and then we're all dead. Yes. But he does take a moment first to say, to thank Stefan for not being the dumbest brother on Earth. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was hilarious. (laughs) You burnt, Jeremy, you burnt. One of many times that people have to choose which brother is going to do what in this episode. (laughs) But first we have to go back to the hospital where Meredith is like, I've done such a good job today. I'm going to go and falsify some documents in my office probably. (laughs) But oh no, evil Arik is sitting at her desk looking (sighs) very evil. He's sitting there like he owns the place, making that creepy, like evil smile he looks so different as evil lark i know we keep mentioning it but mm-hmm. he really does like his whole like presence is just totally different and his voice his face his hair is different i feel like they made his, his hair, hair taller yes and like more stiff mm-hmm. like when you turn evil you get like a very stronghold like pomade or something <laughs> <laughs> oh man but yes he's there to ask her why he was not contacted as Elena's guardian when she was brought into the hospital. And I'm like, A of all, she's 18. Uh, oh, right. B of all, were yeah. you ever her legal guardian? Did nobody, if that was actually a legal arrangement, did nobody have questions about you being her teacher and also just like randomly assigning yourself as her guardian? Like, how would this happen? Right. And going to parties where all of the teenagers are hanging out. It's like... The social worker goes to do the home visit and Alaric's not there and somebody's like, oh yeah, he's at the girl drinking. (laughs) Come here at 2am, you'll find him chugging uh, aspirin in the middle of the night (laughs) and calling his girlfriends drunk. Yep. So I do not believe for a second that that's a legal arrangement, but he's just being a little bitch. Yeah. There's a couple of scenes in this episode where Alaric talks about how the people of the town are actually good at their jobs <laughs> if they're not, like, corrupted by, like, people who are vampires or protecting vampires. And 
It seems pretty damn true for what I've seen in this episode. Poor yeah. Carol and Liz. None of those poor uh, council members we saw as extras last week even got to be lineless extras. They just get referenced a bunch of times. So apparently right. he just has the whole council spying on the main characters and reporting back to him. And I'm like, okay, so yeah, maybe they're competent at like special ops or whatever, but you're also a vampire. So it's not like the influence of vampires was the problem here. Right. I think they just needed good, strong leadership. <laughs> or their lives to be threatened. <laughs> right. Yeah, he found out from his spies that Elena's there and he's like, BT dubs, uh, you cheat at being a doctor. You're the worst doctor. This is the one scene in this whole episode where I am right about something. So I'm going to yes. contact the medical board and get you suspended. And I'm going to dump out your all your little vials of vampire blood because that shit's not okay. And he immediately under, undercuts like all the sense he's making by dumping the blood like onto a piece of paper on the table. I know. <laughs> like that pour it down the drain. Is there not a sound. sink? Right. Or she like... can just scoop some of that back up into a bottle. That's true. And, and, like, it's just so, like, medically hazardous to just be, like, dumping it around. Yeah, there's got to be some kind of, like, bloodborne pathogen kit in there or something. Like, I know. Come on. You can't even do a dramatic gesture correctly. Get it together. <laughs> uh, but he but also yeah. mentions that uh, as we speak, Mayor Carol Lockwood is being turned into just Carol Lockwood and Sheriff Forbes is going to have to stop wearing her uniform everywhere because they are getting fired from their jobs. Oh no. <laughs> I'm still going to call her Mayor Carol Lockwood. It's too fun. Yes, definitely. There's no other title for Mayor Carol Lockwood. And poor Liz is going to have to go buy some new clothes because right? those are the only outfits that she has. And she had the one black dress that she wore to that party when she was looking cool. <laughs> I was about to say, I was like, I'm pretty sure that we've seen her in one outfit aside from the uniform, but that's pretty much it. Yep. Ball gown or nothing. <laughs> yes. And so Alaric goes to collect Elena. I guess he just wants to keep an eye on her because if she dies, he dies. So he wants to protect her. Mm -hmm. But oh no, she's gone. She's not in her bed. What could have happened? Ugh, what a surprise. Then I think that we leave the hospital and we go over to Elena's house where she is arriving home and she's not by herself anymore, which is good. So she's accompanied by Caroline, Tyler and Matt. And is Jeremy there too? I don't yes, remember. Jeremy's there, but yeah, then he Jeremy. quickly leaves to go get food for Elena at the grill. Oh, that's right. Yep. So they're escorting her in and it's kind of a sweet moment. They're like all taking care of her. So Tyler's like, I'm going to go check and make sure that we don't have any like vampires hiding in the bathroom or anything like that. Oh, he Caroline... actually looks significantly at, at Matt and says, I'm going to make sure nobody's hiding in the closet. Oh, hey like hey. us. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, continue. I missed that. So good. Um, but yeah, they're like being super caring for Elena. So Caroline like escorts her over to the couch and she's like, you need to like lay down and get your rest. Can I get you something to drink? Uh, maybe a hot tea, a vodka. And I was like, oh my God. Do you remember what happened last time you gave her ill-advised liquor shots? Right. Like stop trying to feed her shots when she has just lost a ton of blood. It makes no sense. 
But there's a sweet moment where Caroline's like taking care of her and she's like, I know that I'm being smothering, but that's just what I do. She's just taking care of her friend. Yeah, she says that because anytime she tries to do something nice, like some man will come and shit on her for it. Like, why are you so clingy? Why are you smothering me? But Elena like gazes at her lovingly and is like, no, it's nice. And she like holds her hand because Elena has no parents of any kind anymore. So she's like, who's going to take care of me? Oh, Caroline's going to take care of me. Thank God. Yeah, I know. But Caroline uh, needs a little more time before she's ready to be anybody's guardian because she says, I'm thinking tea with vodka. (laughs) Yes. Like, even if you're going to give alcohol to a minor, if it's tea, put some whiskey in there, not vodka. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, at least make it a hot toddy. Tea and vodka sounds kind of gross together. That sounds nasty. It does. But it's still cute. So at some point, I think Elena falls asleep while um, everybody's at the house. And we get another flashback um, to that same day. So Elena is like walking outside of the school and holding hands with Matt, which is just like shocking to see. I don't know. It just (laughs) seemed like so weird and out of place because we haven't seen them together in so long. And we Um, never saw them when they were together. Like at the beginning of the first season, they had recently broken up. That's right. Yeah. So we don't even have like that to look back on. Interesting. But yeah, they're walking and holding hands and like Bonnie is also there. And I believe that she's in the cheerleading uniform. Yes. At this point. Yes. I... I'm so confused by the fact that Bonnie is apparently a cheerleader in this timeline because she's not on the cheerleading squad in the first season of the show when Elena tries to go back to cheerleading and when Caroline's doing cheerleading. Nobody ever talks about it. I'm like, why is Bonnie not still a cheerleader? What the hell? Yeah. But I think probably they just didn't care about continuity. But... (laughs) she gives us a real throwback to season one and mentions her psychic powers because she didn't know she was a witch yet. She says that she predicted that flare jeans were going to come back. (laughs) Did they come back at that time? I know they're kind of coming back now, but. That's what I was going to say. Like, I feel like they're coming back now. And like, that was like the era that everybody was like getting really into skinny jeans. Yeah. But it's cute. (laughs) It is. And Bonnie also mentions that she has a bad feeling about the bonfire that's going to be happening later that night. Yes. And something bad does happen that night, but it's not really related to the bonfire. But whatever. Elena's like, oh, well, I can't go anyway because Jenna's in town and my parents want to do family night. And Matt, in the first of multiple times in this episode that I decide everything that has happened that's bad originates with Matt. (laughs) Um, he I says, like oh, no, you have to come. Just sneak out or something. Come on, baby. Ugh. And they kiss. Red flag. Yeah. I know. Let her have family night and her parents would not have died, Matt. <laughs> right. Oh, <laughs> shit. That's rough. Yeah, it's but it's all true. Matt's fault. All Matt's fault. All Matt's <laughs> fault. <laughs> but then... Matt says, I love you here. And Elena doesn't say it back, which Bonnie calls her out on as well. More importantly, Matt says that he has to go talk to Coach Tanner. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. The flashbacks are so nostalgic for season one. We forgot about Coach Tanner. What a guy. (laughs) But yeah, Bonnie's like, if you aren't feeling it with Matt, just tell him. 
And she's like, oh, it's so hard. Is it, though? Because he seems like kind of a douche, Elena. Yeah. And I feel like the story with them was, like, they were best friends or, like, really good friends because their parents were friends. Or, like, Kelly Donovan was friends with Miranda. Right. And then they just started dating, like, in high school. So it seems like Elena was never really that into it. She just, like, gave it a try. (laughs) It's like, oops. Sorry, Matt. Yeah. That's okay. You gotta do you, Elena. Mm-hmm. And we cut back to the present where Elena is on the couch and wakes up from a nap to find that Matt is just sitting there, like, one foot from her face staring at her as she sleeps. And she has know, no reaction so to this. Yeah, I mean, it's... she's gotten used to people watching her while she sleeps, I assume, with the Salvatores around. But I'm like, Jesus Christ, Matt, at least back up a little bit. At least, like, sit on your own piece of furniture. He's, like, on an ottoman or something, like, right there next to her. Oh, my God. Like, Matt has been winning some points in recent episodes, but he squanders all that goodwill this week. It's already gone. Like, at this point in the episode, his goodwill was already gone. I was like, what the hell, Matt? (sighs) But I guess Alina was dreaming about that flashback because she's like, oh, hey, apropos of nothing. Sorry I strung you along back then. I was dreaming about sophomore year. Uh, That was bad. I got to stop doing that to all the men in my life. Yeah. She's like, I'm making the same mistakes with Stefan and Damon. I was like, writers of the Vampire Diaries, this is not really your best segue uh, that you've ever made, but we'll take it. We'll take it. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, oh, well then, so who are you going to choose? Matt is so invested in this love triangle. Matt is way more invested in this love triangle than I am. He's more invested than Stefan and Damon are for fuck's sake. <laughs> He's always asking for like the latest goss. He's like, so Elena, what's the hot goss? But yes, we don't get to hear Elena's answer because suddenly Stefan comes through the door and it's kind of foreshadowing because she says, Stefan. It's like, yes, Stefan oh, is right. her choice. Spoilers. And then they have, like, a warm, loving embrace. And, like, Matt, again, is just, like, creepily watching from the background. And I'm like, is Stefan going to make eye contact with Matt here? It really but seemed he like he not. was going to. I know. I was, like, waiting for it to happen. I was like, this is so weird. Like, if it had been any of the other male characters, he would have had eye contact with him. But it's like, he and Matt have nothing to do with each other. <laughs> yeah. Have they ever even spoken? Not really since they uh, checked out his classic car on that awkward double date in season one. Oh, yep. The the double date. Good memories. So meanwhile, over at the grill, uh, Jeremy is picking up a to-go order, and he thanks the hipster-looking bartender with no lions for uh, keeping the kitchen open for him. Because as we know, he and Matt co-own the Mystic Grill now. Yes, and also we know that Jeremy is that co-worker that, like, comes right when you're trying to close to, like, order food for his family at a discount. Yep. Thanks, Matt. Or thanks, Jeremy. They're basically the same this week. Equally awful. <laughs> yes. But before Jeremy can take the food home, somebody's sitting in his favorite designated bar stool, ready to fuck shit up. It's evil, Arik. Oh my god. We need to talk. Uh, We don't get to see how that plays out quite yet because we have to go back to the house where Stefan is doing something in the kitchen, which I choose to believe is making some homemade mozzarella. (laughs) I was thinking that. (laughs) And 
I don't even remember what happens here because that was the only note I made for this scene. <laughs> yeah, Stefan's like barging his way like all throughout the kitchen. What's it all? And Elena's like pretty much saying like, hey, you know, I'm sick of being coddled. Like, I'm not going to just sit here like on the couch. Like, let me come in. And Matt's still there. So it's Matt, Elena and Stefan. Either Matt talks about getting Elena out of town or someone mentions Elena hmm. getting out of town. Oh, uh, she like gets up off the couch and stops resting. And Matt is like, you're really going to let her just do that? Oh, right. Yeah. And Stefan's like, Matt- I'm letting her make her own decisions. It's this new thing I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. He's like, there's nothing wrong with free will, Matt. He says it in like a super <laughs> aggressive tone. And we're like, all right, that's good. And Matt's like, that's a dumb decision. I would take her out of town. Keep her safe. Ugh, that's right. Fuck off, Matt. But that gets interrupted because Elena's like, uh, guys, we have our very sexy guest at the front door. <laughs> And then you had the best moment, Claire. Oh my god. It's motherfucking Elijah. I've been asking where he's been this whole time. And I think he's been at the spa because he's looking very gorgeous. He's got a nice glow about his skin. I wrote his name in all caps very large in my notes because it's been too long since we saw that beautiful face. And he's like, hello again. (laughs) So good to see you. He's so proper, just pretending like he didn't try and fuck everybody over right before he left. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, and... we don't get to see more of him for the moment because we have to go back to the grill where uh, Alaric is trying to recruit Jeremy for QAnon. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Alaric's like pressing Jeremy. He's like, where is Klaus's body? Because he wants, of course, to find Klaus so that he could stake him and kill all of the vampires. And he's using Elena as, like, a way to, like, guilt Jeremy. He's like, you know that, like, all this shit is happening because Elena's around vampires. Like, can't you even see that, Jeremy? Like, if there are no more vampires, Elena's going to be able to live a long human life. So just let me kill all of them. (laughs) And Jeremy's like, well, then you're still going to be here and you suck. Like, what? Elena has to die for you to die. So that doesn't really work for me. But he says, Bonnie can put the same spell on me that she put on Klaus, and I will live out the rest of my days a desiccated husk until Elena dies a natural death. And he's the first of many people in this episode to give a ballpark estimate of uh, Elena's life expectancy, (laughs) which is very generous from all parties involved. I'm like, she's not going to make it to 25, like the way her life is. Come on. Actually, that's a really good point, because at first I think it's like Elijah in the next scene or something. He's like... We'll just pal around for the next 50 years. I'm like, Elena's only going to live to be 68. <laughs> like, that's kind of, yeah. Poor Elena. Yeah. But Alaric's really given the hard sell, and it's Jeremy, so you never know what kind of bullshit he'll fall for. Yeah, he's, like, really trying to, like, pressure him to, like, jo- be on the right side and join him. And then he, like, does this weird brag moment where he takes out the stake and, like, shows Jeremy. He's like, this is the only weapon that can kill the original vampires, blah, blah, blah. Look at my cool toy, bro. (laughs) And Jeremy is making, like, kind of a persuaded face a little bit. So, like you said, you don't really know, like, where this is going to go. Yep. But (laughs) then we check back in over at the house where Elijah has settled in at the kitchen table with Stefan, Elena, and Matt to have a little conversation. Mm -hmm. 
So basically, he's there because he wants Klaus's body. And he's saying that if they give him Klaus's body, the originals are going to like scatter around the globe and he won't revive Klaus, at least until Elena's children are alive, because that's part of what they're worried about is that Klaus is coming back and they just spent all of this time, this whole season, trying to like stake him. Mm hmm. Yeah, Elijah's proposition is that... I think he says that they want the stake, too. Oh, and the stake. There is a part of this plan that involves, like, ambushing Alaric. But he's like, give us the stake and Klaus's body, and we will get out of your hair, wait for Elena to die, and then I'll wake my brother up and we'll deal with our family issues. We'll go to family therapy. (laughs) But you will never need to see us again. I promise. I give you my word. And it's like... Elijah, your word meant a lot more before the season two finale. Just saying. Yeah, I know. And we have a funny moment here because at first you think that they're just having this conversation amongst the people in the kitchen. But Damon's like been on speakerphone this whole time. (laughs) So Elijah's all like, do we have a deal? And Damon's all, no, no. Did I mention no? (laughs) Yeah, he's not on board. But no. Stefan's whole deal this episode is, I want Elena to make all the decisions for, because that's how this episode is going to end the way that it needs to end. And we got to right. really hammer that home before that scene so it makes sense. So, <laughs> Elena, it's up to you. And Elena's like, all right, you got a deal. You're too hot to refuse. Let's do this. Yep. Making deals with Elijah. Wouldn't you? I would. He made a good point. He's like, listen, I walked in here. I could have killed Elena immediately and Alaric would be dead and then I would have nothing to worry about. Yep. So kind of makes a compelling point. And he's very good looking. And he has a great moment where (laughs) Elena's like really worried about like, you can't bring Klaus back. Like what was all of our last two seasons of the show for? But he's like, I will let I will not revive him in your lifetime or even your children's lifetimes. Maybe that will teach him some manners. (laughs) it's such an elijah line i love it i've missed it is it really is so then we leave our pals in the kitchen and go over to the lockwood manor so Mm -hmm. i think at some point earlier matt had mentioned to elena that caroline and tyler weren't Mm. there anymore because they got a call from their moms so we see at the lockwood uh manor or lockwood mansion Um, Carol and Liz are standing there and Tyler and Caroline rush in and Carol and Liz are looking very worried and they explain that Alaric outed Caroline and Tyler as their mystical selves to the council Mm -hmm. and that they've got to get the hell out of Dodge as soon as possible because the council is out looking for Klaus now but as soon as they find him they're going to turn their attention over to finding the vampire and the werewolf. Yes, they will die if they stay in town. Mm-hmm. Mary Carol Lockwood has found some cash. Uh, Sheriff Forbes is going to make them some fake IDs. And they're like, no, this is crazy. We gotta stay. Ah, but their moms are very worried. But also, like, I, I'm the mother of a small child right now, but I don't even think if my kid was, like, 17 or, like, a senior in high school or whatever, I'd just be like, 
Good luck in the witness protection program. <laughs> like, I feel like I would try and leave with them. Like, right? Is that not an option here for anyone? They don't even have jobs anymore. What are they going to do? I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, if they're going to send their kids out on the limb, they can't, like, send a guardian with them. But then it couldn't be sexy. Yeah, I know. Tyler I was going to say, you can't have, you can't have, like, a sexcapade uh, with Liz there, for damn sure. <laughs> Carol, maybe, but not Liz. <laughs> <laughs> exactly Ugh. and then we have the worst duo sitting on the stairs to the porch of the Gilbert house it's Matt and Jeremy saying we are not involved enough in this plan how can we fuck it up like what can we do that would be the dumbest shit ever <sighs> these couple of weenies are just out there scheming and <sighs> Matt or no, Jeremy says, like, the creepiest thing. He's like, I just want to grab Elena and run and get her the hell out of here. It's like, you're her little brother, first of all. I know. And she's an and adult. Like, I just feel like they care way more about Elena in this episode. Like, something, like, suddenly switched that they, like, can't deal with it anymore. It just seems yeah. to, like, come a little bit out of nowhere. Well, they've been building up the Matt-Elena friendship so much from Mm -hmm. in the back half of the season just so they could get them to a place where it seems like they have this super tight bond so that their actions in this episode make sense yeah that's true which made it weirdly seem like they were building it up that they were going to start dating again which in retrospect i found very confusing but yeah i feel like i even mentioned that like in a recent episode like i was scared that they were like bringing that up yeah but no it was just their friendship but yeah they're like talking about this and Jeremy's like even if I wanted to help Alaric do a genocide like I don't know where Klaus's body is so I'm shit out of luck and somebody should have taken Matt off the group text because he says uh I know where Klaus's body is oh my gosh yeah so it's confusing to me because Matt's like I know where Klaus's body is and then we cut to a scene where Jeremy has called Alaric and he's telling Alaric that Klaus's body is with Damon and that Damon's on his way to bury him off, like, of Route 12. Mm-hmm. And Alaric, like, replies, you're doing the right thing here for your sister. And Jeremy's all like, I know. But this is a trick because he's standing in the kitchen with everybody. And then Jeremy's like, he bought it. So Stefan, Elijah, Matt, Elena, they're all there. But what does Matt's, like admission that he knows where klaus's body like come into play here at all i think it was just a fake out so we'd think for a second that jeremy really is that stupid oh okay i think like they don't want to reveal the actual plan because there's like a missing scene where jeremy's like yeah but like i am the worst but i draw the line at genocide so what if we uh later do this (laughs) terrible thing to elena uh but we're not gonna reveal it right now for surprises later okay yeah that's a good point yeah i just found that like a little bit confusing but that makes more sense but i mean alaric should have known what was up immediately because we all know that the only thing we do with do or threaten to do with the bodies of originals (laughs) is throw them into the ocean we don't bury them in the woods right i know (laughs) i thought it was really funny uh my subtitles uh i think it was in the previously on like damon says some line about like after we throw klaus in the atlantic but the subtitles said after we throw him in the lake 
And I was like, they would be that stupid to just throw them in a lake. Throw them in the lake off a wickery bridge. (laughs) Nothing happens there, right? Nope. It's not the star of the season. (laughs) Uh, You know how, like, there's so many movies about New York and, like, New York is, like, its own character. Mm. That's how wickery bridge is in this season, for sure. Yes. I want a high five wickery bridge this week. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But yes, Jeremy is so proud of himself for being so sneaky, and they all think that they have one up on Evil Arc. Yes. So we leave that crew and check in on Tyler and Caroline, where they're kind of like equal parts scared and excited about going on the lamb together. So Caroline's like kind of nervous and... And Tyler's like, listen, this is our lives. Like, we could be here together. Like, Stefan and Damon are worried about themselves. Let me take this time to, like, go ahead and protect you. And then Caroline gets, like, kind of excited. And she's like, I'll go anywhere with you. Like, I'll travel the world. Like, at least we'll be together. But first I need to take some time to help our friends. Mm-hmm. Which is nice. And yeah. Tyler's like, okay, cool. You go do that. Uh, I say fuck those guys. I'm just going to go pack for us. And I'll meet you in the dungeon in two hours. People I would not want to pack for me if I'm going (laughs) on the lamb. Tyler. Yeah. And Caroline says that all she needs is Tyler and a curling iron. And I'm like, okay, kinky, but you do you. (laughs) And there's like a weird thing here because Caroline's like, oh, I need to call Bonnie. And Tyler's like, I'll call Bonnie. Like, isn't that, like, your best friend? Like, what? I don't understand, like, Tyler's reasoning here, but it makes sense because of reasons later, but I don't know. Caroline is really horny about running away together, so she's not thinking straight, I think. Yeah. (laughs) So they have their plan. Meanwhile, Bonnie has somehow caught up with Damon at at, like, a cube smart somewhere in rural virginia it's exactly a cube smart actually i know it's not a cube smart because i used to have a unit at a cube smart and their doors are red not this like blue green color oh okay that was the only uh storage facility name that i could think of because that's the only one i've ever patronized anyway storage unit is creepy as hell it's uh cylinder smart Uh, and yeah Damon and Bonnie are there and Damon's like god damn it I leave for two seconds and already Elena has just sold us out to the originals I know Elijah is hot but is he really that hot (laughs) and Bonnie's like whatever I just need to do this spell I don't even know like what is the spell supposed to be to to hide Klaus's body or to put a GPS on it because Damon makes a reference to a locator thing later but I don't understand. I have like no here. fucking idea. I feel like they make like some sort of passing remark, but they don't really explain it at all. There needs to be a reason for Bonnie to be alone with Klaus's body at some point in this episode for non-sexual reasons. And it's a spell. It's just, you know, that's all Bonnie does. So, Right. Yeah. So Damon brings Bonnie over to the storage unit 1020. And um, it's so creepy because, like, there's, like, what does he say? Like, bird cages in there, like, a box full of Playboy magazines, and then there's the giant coffin in the middle. 
I didn't see any um, of the things he mentioned. I did see like a nice hutch and like a rolled up yeah. Persian rug. <laughs> I guess he just probably uh, threw the Playboys you... into the coffin so that Klaus could uh, have some entertainment because apparently he can open his eyes even though he's desiccated. I, know. I guess Michael I could too. Say... When Ka- like Michael was alive enough that they were trying to get him to eat mice that one time when Catherine was chilling with his corpse. So I guess it makes sense, but I was very surprised. I was like so scared when Klaus like flung his eyes open and he was like looking at Bonnie all creepily. Mm -hmm. And also he's like covered in chains, but at first you like couldn't tell what they are. So I like thought that they were like worms or snakes or something. I don't know. It just looked like so creepy. And once I was like, what is that on Klaus? And it took me to like the next scene to figure out that that he was like all chained up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why he's all chained up if he's too weak to do anything but open and close his eyes. But I guess you can never be too careful with Klaus. <laughs> That's true. But Bonnie's like, I need a minute with him. Please leave. And Damon's like, no, just do the spell. And she's like, he is responsible for the deaths and vampire transformations of characters one through six on this list. So I need to gloat for a minute in private, please. Yep. And finally, Damon listens to her and he like backs out of the storage unit. And Bonnie's starts talking to Klaus and she's like, you should burn in hell for everything that you've done. But if I kill you, then all of my friends will die. So it seems like Bonnie's trying to figure out a different plan for Klaus. What am I going to do now? Obviously, we don't get to see because it is a big old twist. We have to go back to the Gilberts where Stefan and Elena are having a moment in her bedroom where is Stefan getting off the phone with somebody? I forget what's happening. Yeah, I don't know. They're like talking and like about some, I don't know. They're like talking about nothing really. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But he goes to leave and then he noticed that Elena looks concerned and he's like, hey, what's wrong? Which I feel like is the dumbest question in, like, the fucking history of the show. Because, like, everything is in shambles. Like, yeah, what is not wrong? She just got out of the hospital. And, like, Stefan's like, hey, what's wrong? Like, as if, I don't know. Everything wasn't burning down around them. Yeah. And she makes yet another reference of, like, everybody keeps dying. I want it to stop. Like, if you leave, you might not come back. Blah, 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 blah. But no big. We'll talk later. And he's like, okay, cool. But then, just as he's about to leave, he turns back and gives her a big old kiss. Yes, he doubles back and there's like a moment where there's a bunch of like swelling, like violin music and they're making out. Very romantic. Uh, To make a Buffy reference that I wasn't thinking about until just now, uh, reminds me of Spike saying, oh, you know, with the rising music and the rising other things talking about (laughs) when he and Buffy kissed at the end of once more with feeling Ah, good classic boner joke on a vampire show (laughs) anyhow Stefan says just in case there is no later and then we go back to Damon yes yes so Damon and Stefan have called one another to kind of catch us up and share the plans for whatever the fuck is going on <laughs> on either side. So I think at this point, Damon is sharing that Rebecca has arrived at the storage unit and body ha- Bonnie had already left and Rebecca's coming to pick up Klaus's body. 
And Stefan lets Damon know that Caroline and Elijah are in place and that Jeremy is planning on leaving, on leading Alaric to them. Right. So they can get the stake from him. So they can get the stake. All right. Sounds like a plan. I don't know when all of this was discussed, but sure. Yeah. I mean, none of it happens the way it's supposed to. So they didn't spend too much time talking about it. (laughs) But they do spend some time arguing about Elena's decision making skills. Because, again, they have to hammer home that today Stefan wants Elena to make her own decisions. And Damon is like, fuck no, I know what's best. I will always make her decisions for her like a true friend. Right. Yeah, so Damon just, like, can't believe that Stefan is letting her meet up and, like, work with Elijah. And Stefan's all like, what have you, like, what would you have done in that scenario? And Damon says something super gross here. He's like, I would have grabbed her, gagged her, and put her in a well. <clears throat> Yikes. Classic Damon. But I know. He hears footsteps, so he's like, All right, I gotta go meet Rebecca. So he hangs up and says, It's about time, sexy Bucks. Because he's being disgusting today. And immediately, Evil Arik grabs him and puts him in a headlock and is like, how dare you call somebody sexy besides me? I mean, (laughs) no, I'm evil. I must kill you. I'm evil. (laughs) And uh, I think he snapped or he asks Damon where um, Klaus is. And Damon's like, how the hell did you even know I was here? And Dalaric's like, I have all my spies. It's no big. And... Damon tells him that Klaus is in one of the storage units, but he's not going to tell which one. So Alaric just uh, snaps his neck or chokes him out or something. Yeah. He's going to have to open a lot of creepy storage units to figure out where Klaus Mm -hmm. is. So while all that's going down over at the storage unit, um, we go back to Elena's house where Elena's up in her room, kind of like looking wistfully out the window and Matt walks in with what you think is a nice cup of tea. <laughs> Elena takes a sip and she like makes like a grossed out face. And he's like, oh, yeah, I overhoneyed it. I suck at tea. Okay, you Matt, at life, sure. Matt. <laughs> Whatever you say, bro. So then I guess he like starts trying to gossip with Elena again. I don't know exactly how they get on the topic. He just says, um, so, Stefan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because he was probably watching Stephen. when they kissed. Because that is his oh, vibe yeah. this week. No, he probably was. He was the only other one still there. And he was like creeping around for sure. So yeah, Elena starts like spilling about Stefan. So she's like, you know, like Stefan has always been there for me. He like actually saved my life. And Matt and all of his nuance is like, oh, so you feel like you owe him something or something? <laughs> and Elena's like, no, you know, I was just like in a super rough place after my parents died. And I didn't really, like, want to keep living. But once I met Stefan and I started being with him, he really helped me, like, figure it out. And, like, isn't that what love is when you're supposed to love spending time with the other person so much that they, like, bring you joy in your life and blah, blah, blah. And make you want to live. Make you want to live, yeah. And he's like, okay, so that sounds like you've made your choice. What's the problem? And she's like, well, Damon makes me super horny. So I don't know. It's, like, deep life-affirming love or getting railed by a hot guy i don't know they're equal i don't know it's 50 50 here (laughs) and i appreciate that yeah 
And I think here, so I wrote down in my notes, um, and I didn't realize it like the first time around, but she says that Damon consumes me, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a reference to actually like what he says later um, yeah. when he talks to Elena. So there's a lot of interesting here. Interesting implications in that scene, but yeah, <laughs> we'll uh, talk about that more later. But yeah, Elena's like, I just wish my mom was here to give me some advice. And, like, this whole scene, Matt has tears in his eyes because he, again, is very invested in this. <laughs> he is. Uh, and, of course, Elena's all on her whole spiel of, if I choose one, I lose the other. It makes it so difficult. Yeah. And then we have another flashback where she's at the bonfire, but she's wandering off on her own and calling home because she's not having fun anymore and she talks to aunt jenna for a second like can somebody please pick me up i i want to leave and aunt jenna's like i hate pictionary your dad sucks something something (laughs) it's just cute family banter like oh yeah yeah, come back and have fun with your family but miranda takes the phone and is like all right what's going on daughter and she starts venting about matt rightfully so because she's all like listen matt and i got into a fight you know he's like talking about college and marriage and all of these like future plans and i'm like excuse me you guys are supposed to be sophomores aka 15 years old and matt is trying to like guilt you into saying you're gonna go to college and marry him probably wants to exchange promise rings i know what the fuck this is the scariest part of the whole damn episode (laughs) (laughs) But Miranda's like, he just wants to know how you feel. He doesn't actually want to get married. Uh, So I think you do know what you want. You want to dump that bitch, right? Exactly. Yeah. And Elena's like, listen, I just don't want to lose him. And Miranda provides the good advice of you're not going to lose him. You're just going to set him free, which is helpful. Yes. But we soon find that Matt should not be free. He should be in prison because we flash back to the future where Elena is... Elena wakes up, like, in many scenes in this episode. <laughs> now she's waking up in the backseat of Matt's shitty truck. Like, what the fuck is going on? Because Matt has roofied her and kidnapped her and is probably going to drive her across state lines. So that's cool. And this is the other por- point in my notes where I wrote, everything that happens is Matt's fault. Yeah. Because if Matt had oh just God. let her stay at home and make her own decisions, none of this shit would have happened. I digress. He's like, it was the only way I could get you in the van. I had to drug you for your own good. Roofing is only wrong if I want to rape you, right? Oh my fucking God. And he's like, sorry, Elena, but you like left me no choice. You have no parents to teach you right for Brog. All you have is me and Jeremy and this army full of vampires that you like keep getting involved in. Yes. And he has decided he's the moral authority. He's going to get her out of town where she'll be safe. And I'm like, what is actually, like, the end game here? What is his plan? Does he think he, like, he and Elena are just going to live on the lamb? Like, where are they going? What are they going to do? Are they just going to never go home? Apparently, that's what he's thinking about. He has clearly not thought this through, but he's mad. No. What do you expect? And it's just so weird here, like, how everyone keeps talking about how, like, Elena has no parents, so she doesn't know right from wrong. Like, she's literally 18 years old and was raised by her parents, like, almost her whole life. Yes, she is a legal adult, and yes. she is no younger than any of the other characters who are trying to make decisions for her in this scenario. 
Yeah, her and Matt are the same age. Why does he get to choose what's right and kidnap her and take her across state lines? Because he's a man. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about this more later, obviously, in a certain segment or maybe two segments. We'll see. But <laughs> first we have to go back to the storage facility where Alaric's just opening up all the storage units. I wish we could see like what was in some of these. Like Maybe it, they could have gone somewhere where they were filming Storage Wars or something and found some cool <laughs> <laughs> set design. But he's looking and looking and looking and Rebecca shows up to collect her brother's body. And she's like, Damon, where are you? Tra la 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 la. I need to get home in time for my crumpets. This isn't funny. But Alaric hears her loudly announcing her presence and they start kind of creeping around. And it's very tense. And suddenly Rebecca gets grabbed from behind and you think it's evil Alaric, but it's Damon to the rescue. Thank goodness. I thought Rebecca was a goner there for a second. It's very much like the scene last week where Klaus did the same thing to Caroline at the school. Also to save somebody from a lark. (laughs) But Uh. he's like, shh, it's a lark. And a lark finally makes it to unit 1020. Is that like a meaningful number in some way? Because Damon makes a joke like, oh, I was going to put it in 666, but I put it in 1020 instead. Yeah, I don't think it has any meaning, but I could be wrong. But they keep, like, showing it and talking about it. Yeah. But maybe... I guess I so we'd know. know that he's at the right one. I don't know. It was like, <laughs> uh, you put should have put it in Unit 69 or 420. Like, come on. Right. Pick out a meaningful number here. <laughs> or, like, what's Elena's birthday? <laughs> <laughs> but Alaric opens 1020 and... The coffin's gone. And he seems to know that he's found the right one somehow, even though the coffin's not there, which did not make sense to me. He's oh, just like, yeah. oh, this looks like Damon's taste in furniture. <laughs> like, No, that's a really good point. I there's never a Persian thought of that. rug. How does he know? Yeah, like, I guess the only clue that they give us is that, like, the lock was, like, half open. But still, like, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean that, like, that was the one. Maybe he saw the soap dish... With the moonstone soaps, or maybe <laughs> the painting of the guy in a top hat was in there. Oh, my favorite character. <laughs> but yes, he's like, what's happened? And we see Damon and, and Rebecca trying to scurry away. They have the uh, coffin on like some wheelie platform. Yeah, they're like trying to sneak out with like a whole ass coffin, <laughs> like hoping that like a lark won't see them. Why aren't they zooming it? I know. But, of course, he does see them. And we have, like, some intense fighting scenes, like, Mm -hmm. in this episode. I guess, like, we've seen, like, originals fight before. But I guess since Alaric's, like, a super original, all of, like, his actions are just, like, so much more violent than some of the past fights that we've seen. So he, like, throws Rebecca with the strength of, like, a thousand suns. (laughs) And there's, like, a crunching sound effect. So I think, like... Her back or her neck broke, and so she's out for the moment. And then Alara quickly stakes Klaus. Yeah. This is where shit really starts to go off the rails, because you think this is going to be drawn out, but he just pops open the lid, stakes Klaus, whose eyes are still open, and he's looking like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. Uh, He sets Mm -hmm. on fire, and Rebecca is just weeping. And I'm like, 
I guess she was sad that Phil died, so it makes sense that she would be this upset about Klaus dying, since they actually, like, yeah. had a relationship. But I was like, Jesus, he's done some fucked up shit to you, Rebecca. Right, and she's all like, no, no, Niklaus, no! But then Alaric's like, all right, one down, some more to go, one's right here, cool, I'm gonna kill you. But Damon is feeling very uh, heroic right now, so he's like, Rebecca, run! And he tries to hold Alaric off for a moment so she can escape. And now shit just keeps getting crazier, like, from this point. (laughs) Yeah, it's like every scene that happens from now just, like, escalates ten times higher. (laughs) So, I don't know, like, how Damon gets this break, but now he's... Oh, so he tells Rebecca to run, and then I think Alaric chases after Rebecca. Yeah, I watched it twice also, and I had to figure that out after the fact, because, like, wait how is Damon having this leisurely phone call right now? But I think you're right. Exactly. He, he tried to chase after Rebecca, so he's gone for a minute. Hmm. Yeah, so Damon calls Stefan, and he's all, hello, brother, I have some bad news. Um, Alaric um, staked Klaus right in the heart, and Stefan's like, uh, uh-oh, I feel okay, how do you feel? And Damon's like, all right, I guess so far so good. Um, but Sage didn't get sick until after an hour or so, and it clearly hasn't been that long. Um, and Stefan replies back, and he's like, an hour? Well, that's not enough time for you to get back here to Mystic Falls. Damon's like, why? So we could have our epic goodbye? And Stefan says, not with me, brother, with Elena. Hey, oh. Yes. And Damon's all like, good point. Gotta go. Call me if you start coughing up a lung. <laughs> I uh, always try to check if there's any IMDb trivia about every episode, and mm-hmm. I think the, there's two entries for this episode, one of which is Damon can zoom, so he definitely could have gotten to Mystic Falls in an hour with if he wasn't driving. <laughs> like, he, wow. he yeah. travels between states frequently within a day, so yeah, that made me laugh. Yeah, they got to Colorado in like, <laughs> in, like, some unreasonable amount of time he's less than 100 miles away from mystic falls you're right that's a very good point but it's the metaphysics of television where you know things take the amount of time that they need to take in order for the episode (laughs) to work so we'll accept it yes he is stuck wherever the hell the storage unit is and he doesn't get to say goodbye to anybody they're all gonna die i'm sure that's gonna happen but everybody is very upset and tense yes rightly so and Stefan's like hanging up the phone with Damon and Jeremy had been there like creeping on his phone call and he like starts speaking like slowly and methodically and he's like Stefan Elena's not in not at home Matt and I are getting her out of town um okay and Stefan's like Jesus fucking Christ this is possibly the last hour of my life and now I have to deal with this bullshit Uh, Stefan's feeling my pain. Yeah. And then we see Elijah and Caroline who were waiting to ambush Alaric. And Elijah's like, uh, what's the haps? Uh, something wrong? Mm-hmm. So they're standing there looking concerned. Yep. And I guess somebody calls Matt. Jeremy calls Matt and fills him in. And we see him in the car still with Elena. And... She's like, uh, take me back home right the fuck now. Everybody I care about is probably about to die, except for, like, Bonnie. And I only care about her occasionally. So, (laughs) 
we have to go back, Matt. And Matt's like, oh, well, this is an interesting conundrum because I seem to know everything about where everybody is right at this moment, even though I'm driving God knows where. Uh, An hour seems about enough time for me to either take you to Damon or drive you back home to Stefan. So which one are you going to choose, Elena? (laughs) This is so fucking bizarre. You only can say goodbye to one of them in person. Yeah, it's very weird. I mean, I guess I know that they have to, like, set up the scenario of, like, saying goodbye to one of them. But, like, for Matt to be, like, the chorus in this scenario, like, explaining (laughs) that Elena has to make this choice, like, shortly after having roofied Elena, it's just, like, all so weird. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. But we see Damon getting a phone call. And it's Elena. And... She's like, hey, how you feeling, baby? Yeah. And he, like, tries to make light of the situation, which I really loved. And they're all like, well, we're all going to have a good laugh after this is over. And we find out that Klaus isn't actually the one who sired our bloodline. (laughs) Yes. And it comes out that she only has time to see one of them before they die. And he's like, oh, you chose Stefan. Got it. And... (laughs) the most hilarious moment of the episode to me is that Elena says, it's not just Stefan. I ha- I would get back to Tyler. I know she lists him <laughs> first. I wrote down the same thing. Like Tyler. Like Yes. My dear personal friend, Tyler, who I hang out with all the time and we're so close. That's like literally her worst friend in, in the top eight of Mystic Falls. Like, oh my no. God. I guess he did, like, reveal that he wasn't sired to Klaus anymore last week to save her, but it's just so funny that she says Tyler before Caroline. <laughs> I know. I, I thought the same exact thing during that moment. And he's like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But uh, since I'm about to die, can you just, like, be straight with me? Like, if that wasn't a concern, would you choose me or him? Which, fair. I would want to know before I died if this was, like, my biggest personal drama. I feel like I wouldn't want to know. I would. If I was going to die and, like, this question had been plaguing me, I would want the closure. I would want the resolution. Although I think Elena should probably have lied to him. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, he's, like, going to go off into death just, like, being disappointed because his one true love didn't love him back i guess they don't know for sure that klaus was telling the truth so it could have been like last season finale when she kissed him because she thought he was gonna die but then he got cured immediately (laughs) and she doesn't want to go down that road again (laughs) she's like not making that mistake again (laughs) gotta be cold hard and cruel here yep um but yeah she explains that it would be Stefan that she says goodbye to you because she loves him and that Stefan came to her at a moment in her life when she really needed someone. And although she developed feelings for Damon, she never unfell in love with Stefan. But she's like, but hey, maybe if I had met you first, then things would have been different. Sure, Elena. Yeah. But he's like, oh, okay, I uh, gotta go. Bye. Because Alaric has returned. And Elena's yes. saying, but you're going to be fine. It's all going to be fine. Don't worry. And he sees Alaric and it's like, oh, yeah, it's tight. Don't worry about it. Yeah. It's a sad scene. It is. 
It's like, just got dumped by your maybe girlfriend, and now your ex-lover, who's turned evil, is here to probably kill you. This is a rough day for Damon Salvatore. <laughs> oh no, the old one-two punch. <laughs> then we take a quick break to head to the Lockwood dungeon, where Caroline has arrived to meet with Tyler, as planned. It's full of lit candles already, somehow. Don't ask too Again. many questions. <laughs> Do they just have, like, an super energizer battery and some flameless candles that are just always going there maybe that's the only thing that makes sense unless tyler's going down there and lighting them carefully one by one every night (laughs) i would believe it but caroline's very upset and very frantic because she doesn't know for sure that she's gonna die but since klaus is dead tyler's definitely gonna die and she's worried he already has but then he comes in is like oh sorry i was with bonnie okay yeah Interesting detail that we didn't need to know. And I actually took a video here that I want to post on our Instagram because Tyler does like the craziest face journey <laughs> in this scene. Yes. Like, it's here. like when, I, to you now. when he saw Jeremy Gilbert's werewolf drawings when they were ha- hanging out with Amy Bradley and Sarah. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. This is like the weirdest face acting ever. Yeah, like, Caroline is, like, very upset here, and she explains that Klaus is dead. And (laughs) Tyler goes on for, like, a good 20 seconds of just, like, making, like, crazy faces before he, like, starts to comfort Caroline. Oh, my God. And, like, when you understand what's happening here, like, it makes a lot of sense, but it's also very funny. Yes. And the first time I watched it, I had no idea what the fuck was going on. So I'm like, what is the what is Tyler's face right now? Yeah, because as we'll find out shortly, this is Klaus in Tyler's body. And Caroline is sobbing to him. Klaus is dead. So I think part of the face journey is like, oh, Caroline's sobbing because I died. Maybe I do have a chance. But then it's like, oh, but she's just sad because that means Tyler's going to die. Oh, shit. I have to pretend to be Tyler now, though, so I can maybe kiss her. Ooh. But I can't keep myself from giving one of my epic Great City speeches to her one last time, even though I'm Tyler right now. I was going to say, I should have known that this was Klaus because he's like, y'all, he doesn't speak in a, he doesn't speak in an accent here, but he might as fucking well. He's like, you're going to be fine. You have a beautiful future ahead of you. Yes. Tell my mother I left town. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, it's so funny, like, watching it, knowing what's going on. It is very confusing the first time you see it. Yeah. <laughs> but Caroline is so upset that she doesn't notice how fucking weird he's being. She's like, okay, okay. And Tyler starts coughing. This is Klaus's greatest acting to date. Like, did he ever... He must have played Tiny Tim in a production of A Christmas Carol at some point or something because he is really selling the, like, I'm dying of consumption or whatever the fuck. Yes. And he's like, oh my god, cough, cough, cough. Do you feel anything, Caroline? And she's like, nah, I'm fine. Oh no, that means that only you're going to die. I wanted to romantically die with you because Romeo and Juliet or something. Yes. But Tyler Klaus insists that she runs and he's like, get out of here. You need to run or I'll make you run. And then he like starts changing into a werewolf Mm -hmm. and like snarling at her and the whole package. 
And that's like a 50-50 chance that Caroline would still stay based on her track record with werewolves. But right? she zooms away. Thank God. Yes. And we go back to the awkward car ride. Yes, where Caroline has called Elena and like given her the 411 that Tyler's about to die because Klaus was staked and Elena was like, oh no, not Tyler. And then she hangs up and <laughs> Matt looks over and he's just like sobbing that Tyler is gonna die he's like our lives weren't supposed to be like this elena he's like punching the steering wheel and shit he looks very sweaty also he does he's having does a rough have night regrets about, of his own yeah, making his decision <laughs> mistakes were made uh my friend is dying this is not as uh sexy and heroic as i thought it was going to be when i roofied you but yes he's very upset and elena's like calm the fuck down don't like have a breakdown while we're driving i already have enough car related trauma (laughs) but we cut back to the woods where rebecca has arrived uh, to tell elijah that klaus is dead and that there was nothing she could do to stop it and she's very upset Mm -hmm. but elijah has to share the latest interesting news right and he explains that tyler lockwood is dead but all of the rest of the vampires are still living so he's like i didn't turn them and you didn't turn them and rebecca's like no it was definitely niklaus who turned them and then elijah's like hmm, well how are they still alive what's going on here yep and cut back to the lockwood dungeon where bonnie emerges out of the shadows and is like come out come out wherever you are and Michael Trevino is, like, having the best day of his acting career. He's like, finally, I get to play the role of Klaus. <laughs> <coughs> oh, sorry. I just laughed and choked on my own spit. Let You're me wash okay. it down with some wine. <laughs> that will make you feel better. Yes. Uh, Klausler is the name I have written in my notes, but I feel like there's got to be a better one. Ty Klaus? Tyler Klauswood. Tyler Klauswood. Perfect. A plus. (laughs) Okay. So Tyler Klauswood is having a great time in this scene. He's like, oh, that spell you did was so great. I didn't think you had it in you. Oh, my goodness. And she's like, shut the fuck up. I hate you. I just didn't want my friends to die. And he's like, well, those dead witch spirits are not going to be very happy about this. And Queen Bonnie says, those motherfuckers don't get to tell me what to do anymore. It's my life and it's now or never. And (laughs) she is going to do whatever the fuck she wants because she wants to. Yeah. Amen. Seriously. This part is so crazy. And like, I was so surprised. But also, does this mean that Tyler's dead? It's unclear, like, where Tyler is right now. Because if we remember when... I don't think it was a body swap. Because when it was Alar Klaus, it was just, like, Klaus was in some wardrobe because they hadn't cast the character yet, so they didn't have an actor (laughs) to show. Oh, right. Or, like, he was in a suitcase or something. And so he was running around in Alaric's body, but then he got transferred back into his own body and Alaric came back so he was like in the sunken place or something yeah they don't explain it but i assume that's what's the deal here too because okay body um 
is compromised right now. Yes, to, to say the least. <laughs> okay. And, like, so I don't love that this is the stand that Bonnie's making because it's very convoluted and has potentially terrible rapey implications for Caroline. But I love that she is just saying, I'm done doing whatever everybody tells me to do. Like, I'm going to make these damn choices for myself. I'm the powerful witch. You can't tell me what to do. I know. And it's, like, especially powerful to see her make the stand against, like, the witch's spirits. Because they led her to, like, in the last episode, like, feed on Klaus or whatever. They made her sleepwalk to Alaric. And feed oh, him to Alaric. Sorry. Her blood, so he'd transition. Yes, exactly. That's what I was trying to say. Yes. Pregnancy I, I knew brain. what you were going for. <laughs> uh, so, yes, Bonnie has entered a whole new world here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we then go to another phone call. There are a lot of phone calls on androids in this episode. Yeah. Nobody has an um, apple in Mystic Falls. Nope. So, this time, Rebecca calls Stefan, um, and she's. Stefan's like, all right, like, what's going on here? Um, Like, where are you guys? And Rebecca tells Stefan that Elijah wants them to run at this point, but that she's sick of running and she doesn't want to run anymore because she spent her whole life running around. And she's like, Klaus is dead now. Um, So our previous plan does not hold true. There's no more deal. Um, so basically she's saying that they have to go ahead and kill a lark because she doesn't want to spend the rest of her life running from him. Mm-hmm. He's like, and she says, well, a lark's got to die, which means we got a boom, 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 ellipsis. And Stefan's like, no. <laughs> and then we see back in the car, Lena's like, I need to call Stefan, but my battery's dying. And Matt takes his eyes off the road. It's like, this is kind of texting and driving by proxy because he's looking for Mm -hmm. his phone so Elena can use his. And so he doesn't see until too late that Rebecca is standing in the middle of fucking Wickery Bridge. Coincidence of all coincidences. Oh my god. Yes. Who would have thought this could happen twice? (laughs) And the second time this season that Elena has had a traumatic experience on Wickery Bridge. I know. And Matt swerves to miss her. Because he doesn't see that it's Rebecca, apparently. And they drive right off that damn bridge. Oh my gosh. And this is the part where the first time I saw this, I was just weeping for the rest of the episode. Yeah. I don't know if I actually, like, shed any true tears, but I was, like, welling up, like, over and over again throughout the rest of the episode. I was dead-ass crying the whole time. Like, not Aww. not this time that I watched it, because I've seen it so many times, and I was, mm-hmm. like, taking notes. But yeah. I have very distinct memories of crying my eyes out during this. Yeah, so here we get our first flashback, like, as soon as, like, Matt's car hits the water. You have the flashback of Elena in the car with her mom and dad. And, like, the dad's trying to escape, but, like, with his, like, last, like, one of his last breaths, he, like, puts his head above water and he, like, tells Elena that it's, like, going to be okay. My God. hmm And so we have that going on kind of for intercut with the next few scenes mm-hmm. that happen, uh, one of which is that Alaric and Damon are fighting at the storage facility Damon's getting punched a lot and he's not fighting back because he's like, what's the point? You're like super strong and I can't kill you. Yeah. I'm not going to fight back Rick. 
And he says, don't call me Rick. We're not friends. Damon's like, yes, we're lovers. Thank you for making the distinction at last. <laughs> don't use my special nickname. <laughs> don't call me Snuffle Bunny. <laughs> That's just for the bedroom. <laughs> and Damon's like on the point of passing out on the ground, but he suddenly has a flashback. Everybody's having flashbacks this week. Yeah, we have flashbacks on flashbacks right now. He has a very special one where he is lying in the middle of the road back two years ago or whatever. As one does. Trying to ambush some unsuspecting Brook and Darren's out there. <laughs> but he vampire hears a conversation with a voice that he recognizes because Elena's on the phone with Bonnie or her mom or something. But he's like, yeah. hang up. H- hang up? <laughs> <laughs> Hold up, slash hang on, or hang up. Hang up. And he zooms over and is like, Catherine? And Elena's all like, uh, no, I'm Elena. And Damon accepts that immediately. I'm like, that is totally a Catherine thing to do. She'd be like, I'm not Catherine. What are you talking about? That would be like the biggest Catherine joke of all time. You're right. (laughs) She would totally prank him. But yeah. He's like, oh, so sorry. You look so much like this chick I I once used to debating with my brother. (laughs) I'm Damon. She's like, yeah, it's like kind of creepy that you're like out here, you know, just creeping in the woods near the teen party. And Damon's like, well, maybe it's creepy that you're out here. Like, what if something bad could happen? And Elena makes a comment about how safe Mystic Falls is. (laughs) Nothing bad ever happens. Ever bad happens there. L-O-L. And this whole conversation, like, I get what they're trying to do here, but Elena is so dumb. This is not how, like, a 16, I think, at that point, a 16-year-old girl encounters a strange adult man in, like, the middle of the woods who's being very creepy. And she's like, oh, well, what do you want, Damon, you mysterious, sexy stranger? I know. (laughs) Stranger danger. Like, she just out of nowhere is like, I'm having a fight with my boyfriend for this and this reason. I know. It's, like, very weird and a little cringy in this scene. Yeah. And Damon's kind of like, well... And, yeah, Elena's like, I'm having a fight with my boyfriend. Like, he wants all these things. I don't know what I want. And Damon's like, well... I know what you want. I know what everybody wants. And he goes on his little speech about how everyone wants a love that consumes them with passion and a little bit of danger. And he's going like on and on and on, like essentially describing like the relationship that him and Elena later come to have. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, that's not a weird or creepy and intense thing to say to a stranger at all. What do you want, Damon? And as her parents pull up, he's like, oh, well, uh, I want you to get everything you want and forget this conversation. It's not it's too soon for people to know I'm in town. Like, okay, Damon. And she gets in the car with her parents. And this is where it's has really creepy implications because he's compelling her to find this thing that 
he says what she is looking for, but is he compelling her to find the things that he just described? Like, has Elena had any free will through any of what we've seen if she's just been compelled to choose a certain path? Or is, like, that why she fell in love with Stefan? I didn't even interpret it that way. I thought he was just compelling her to forget that they had that conversation. I don't, I didn't think that he was compelling her, like, during that other part, but... Maybe I maybe he it. wasn't. I don't know. I feel like yeah. they aren't suggesting that, or they don't want us to think that it's creepy. Mm-hmm. But that's just where my mind went. Oh, I didn't even think about that as an option. Oh, I don't know. I don't like that if that's what happened. I know. I don't think that ever like comes up in that context mm-hmm. again. But that's just where my mind's at right now. Yeah, I mean, if he did compel her and then, like, she started having, like, all of these feelings for Damon, even though she was with Stefan and, like, was happy with Stefan, that would be really, really fucked up. Yeah, or even if it was just, like, because Stefan has that kind of thing. Like, he's a little dangerous and they had a passionate thing. I don't know. I really don't think that's what they're trying to say here, but Uh it seems that way to me. I appreciate your interpretation. <laughs> it's got the wheels. It's got the wheels turning up here. Yeah, but like this whole thing is to establish that Damon actually did meet her first. And I know I just went on one rant, but I have to go on another rant right now. <laughs> rant away, please. <laughs> because the implication is that if Damon hadn't compelled her to forget that conversation, that maybe he and Elena would have gotten together instead. But do we remember what Damon was like at the beginning of season one? He was murdering people all over the place. He was a huge asshole. He was creepy as fuck. He was raping Caroline. Like, oh yeah, Elena would not have fallen in love with that Damon. That's a really good, really like. Really it took good her point. a long time to like even care about him at all, and he had yeah, already started to change by him. then. Yeah. So that they're oh suggesting God. that, oh, if it hadn't been for random happenstance, she would have an equal chance of falling in love with either of them. No, she wouldn't. And that kind of undercuts the whole Damon Elena arc where, like, he's changing and growing and she can come to love him like he is becoming a person that she could love. So I just think it's really stupid. Yeah, preach. No, it is really stupid. And I like Damon and Elena as a pairing, like a lot more than da- uh, Se- definitely a lot more than Stefan and Damon, more than uh, <laughs> Stefan and Elena. So like, yeah, I'm on board for that being a thing, but I hate what they're doing with it here. Yeah, it like simplifies it like down to like almost like an illogical like extreme when you think about what you said and how he acted in season one. Yeah, that's a really good point. I didn't think about it that way. And like, Claire, you're bringing all the insights for me. I just, I don't know. I feel like these opinions have been percolating for like the decades since I've first seen these episodes. <laughs> but it's also like Elena has no choice in the matter. Like, it would just be random chance which one she fell in love with. Yeah. It's dumb. But she gets her ride home from her parents and we cut back to the fist fight between our favorite bros. Yes. So Alaric is at the point where he almost has staked Damon, but all of a sudden he like starts to get a little bit weak and Damon's like able to like get a good punch in there. And Alaric's like, what the fuck is happening? And Damon's like, I don't know. Yeah. And meanwhile, we're cutting back and forth between the underwater shenanigans. 
Yes. Where we see Stefan diving into the rescue in both situations because he just happened to be on the scene both times. His second job is lifeguard of Wickery Bridge. (laughs) Oh, they need one. (laughs) They do. They should have put a permanent lifeguard station there as part of the renovation. (laughs) With a historic lifeguard chair. They really should have put in stronger railings while they were renovating this (laughs) bridge. You're right. Forget about a lifeguard. How about some basic safety (laughs) procedures? Oh, my God. If Mayor Carol Lockwood hadn't already gotten fired. She was too busy running press for the for the fundraiser. And raiding oh all God. of her, like, money stashes throughout town to help her son flee. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. But it's very sad what's happening because we see in the past that Grayson was trying to, like, break the window with his elbow, but he's not swollen enough. We see mm-hmm. that Elena's trying to do that now, but she's also not swollen enough, even though she's been doing all that lifting. Yeah. And there's this really tragic moment where it's like Elena's getting her dad's attention, like, it's not going to happen. Like, let's just make peace with our imminent deaths. And they just, like, I know. lovingly stare at each other. And she says, I love you with bubbles coming out of her mouth. Yeah. And they're, like, holding hands underwater. Oh and it's so fucking sad. I know. Apparently, Miranda just, like, died on impact. She's just floating there. <laughs> Yeah, Miranda is not part of this touching moment. Sorry, Miranda. And in the present, we see Elena, like, shaking Matt because he's unconscious. Mm -hmm. Elena's underwater communication skills are on point. She is, like, finger wagging. She is, like, making emphatic (laughs) head movements. Yes. She's very clearly mouthing with great enunciation what her intentions are. I would like to play charades with Elena because I feel like she would be very good at it. Yes. But we see that in the past, Stefan got to the car and he went to the driver's side first. But Grayson was like, no, no, no. Backseat, backseat. My daughter's there. Mm -hmm. And I think, I can't remember exactly like what Stefan said of the timeline. I think he was, like, just randomly visiting Uncle Zach at this point, and he hadn't seen Elena yet, so the first time he sees her is, like, drowning in the back of this car, because he looks really surprised. Mm. And that's why he stuck around to try to meet her. That's why he had to know her. He had to know her, yes. But yes, he pulls Elena out and saves her, and her parents die. But this time, everything has come full circle. Yes, because Elena is now telling Stefan to save Matt first instead of her, which he listens to. So he like tries to like fight with her a little bit, but he figures he has to choose his battles in this scenario because if he stays down there much longer, both Matt and Elena are going to die. So Stefan grabs Matt and it's kind of like goes along with like the whole theme of him letting Elena like actually make decisions this episode. Mm -hmm. So he grabs Matt Matt and swims to the top. And this scene, I feel like is like so haunting. So Elena just kind of like slowly stops moving and her arms like float up and she just starts kind of like, I don't know, dying, I guess. Yeah, she's Um, like in a dead man's float. Yeah, it's really creepy and again this is very sad and emotional and intense but there was enough room on the raft for both jack and rose and there was enough time for seven and enough strength in his vampire body to drag them both out at the same time (laughs) come on (laughs) another good point another good point (laughs) 
but it's very effective. Like, if you are not like me and don't overthink it, it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. And I feel like it shows, too, a little bit how much Elena, like, has grown symbolically. So she's very much, like, just a, a victim in the first crash. Like, she dies quickly or, like, passes out, like, super quickly and her dad has to save her, whereas this time she has, like, a lot more agency. And she's like, okay, then you have to save, like, Matt instead of saving me. So it's pretty powerful stuff there. Yeah, and there's been all these moments in recent episodes where she's like, everybody keeps dying and, like, I can't lose anybody else. And so, like, the idea of Matt dying is way worse than the idea of herself dying. And we've seen her have a death wish, like, on behalf of her friends before, but... Mm-hmm. It's more justified in this case because she's just so repeat, repeatedly traumatized in this season yeah. that she's just like, if Matt had died and she had lived, like, she would have lost her shit. And Elena wants to save Matt, even though he drugged her and kidnapped her. Yep. It's like when she hugged Tyler after he lured werewolves to the lake house to murder her. Elena, my girl, come on. And then listed him first in the list of people she wanted to say goodbye to. <laughs> Number one in my top eight, Tyler Lockwood. <laughs> oh my god. But, like, the part that really kills me, like, more than anything else somehow is when, as you said, the fist fight suddenly takes a turn at the storage facility mm-hmm. where Alaric is suddenly, like, collapsing and you see Damon realizing, oh my god, Alaric's dying. And he has, like, the feelings of, oh my god, Alaric, my best friend, my lover, he's dying. But also that means Elena must be dying somewhere. And it's, like, the double yeah. impact of that on his face. And he takes a face journey, of course, because it's Damon, and that's his thing. But Alaric dies in his arms, <laughs> as he should. I know, yeah. And he's like, no, you're not dead, you're not dead. And he's, like, saying it for both people. And, like, that's what I always think about with this episode is, like, the drowning crosscuts, Alaric mm-hmm. dying in Damon's arms, and uh, the very last shot, which we'll get to. <laughs> oh, my God. Those I are know. the big three. It's, like, uh, it's so it's intense. It's, like, so sad. Yeah. I know. I Damon's felt so... Like, he's got yeah. blood all over his face. But it's, like, all of his worst nightmares have just come true at once. I know your best friend and your kind of girlfriend relationship. Who just dumped you. <laughs> yeah. The Ooh. last thing she did in her life. Yeah. Is to tell her, you that she loves your brother more. Peace out, Damon. <laughs> we laugh because if we don't, we will cry. Yes, that is true. So... Things start to calm down slightly. So now that Rick has died and Elena has died, we have this scene where Alaric walks into Elena's house and comes to walk up to Jeremy. And Jeremy's like, what are you doing here? And Alaric's like, I don't know exactly, but I wanted to say goodbye to you. And this just sort of happened. Um, And Jeremy's like, wait. Like, you're not evil Alaric. Like, he recognizes him as good Alaric. And he kind of, like, goes on a nice speech about how Alaric's always going to be there to look after Jeremy. Which is kind of funny because I feel like he didn't actually look after him that much Mm -hmm. um, while he was living. 
and Jeremy comes to the realization that this is good Alaric's ghost. Yes, um, and it's hilarious, so I had to record it. Yes. When Jeremy finally connects the obvious dots, he says, Oh my god, you're a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, you're a ghost. (laughs) That was like his whole plot line this season, (laughs) encapsulated in one line. And I feel like um, this had a lot of emotional impact on me the first time I watched it. But again, uh-huh. because of Matt Davis, like when it was at least one of them that was a character that I liked, I could be emotional about it. But I mean, I still like Alaric, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. But yeah, Ghost Alaric gives his last like Obi-Wan Kenobi fatherly advice to Jeremy. <laughs> and Jeremy's like, oh, my God, you're a ghost. Also, that must mean my sister's dead. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Sorry, Jeremy. And speaking of which, we see Elena chilling on a slab in the morgue. <laughs> and Stefan's there, like, crying his eyes out at the hospital. And Damon just charges in, and he, like, sees Meredith, and he's like, where is she? And fucking Meredith fell. Oh, my God. Jesus so she's Christ. like, she's like, Damon, I have some horrible malpractice information to tell you. Um... <laughs> So when Elena came in here the other day, I told everyone that it was just a minor concussion, but it was not. It was actually a brain bleed. And she says whatever medical term is for brain bleed, like some sort of contusion, something or other. Cerebral hemorrhage. I'm looking it up right now just to. Oh, oh, it's a type of stroke. It's caused by an artery in the brain bursting and causing localized bleeding in the surrounding tissues. This bleeding kills brain cells. Wow. They account for about 13% of strokes. They can be disabling or life-threatening. Blah, blah, blah. So it makes your brain swell. It, the blood pools into a mass called a hematoma. It puts pressure on brain tissue. Reduces blood flow. Kills brain cells. Elena does not have any despair. <laughs> that seems about it right does. based on like everything that happened to Elena's body last week. I know. So yeah, Meredith spills the beans about how Elena was actually super, super hurt, but that she had helped Elena get through this. Damon's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And she's like, Damon, I helped her. I didn't want to tell Jeremy because he was just so worried. (sighs) For fuck's sake. And nothing what I just read on that quick Google, Google search of cerebral hemorrhage said that it immediately kills you. Like, Elena would have recovered if she just like had regular medical care. Meredith was just like, fuck that. I don't want to deal with Jeremy Gilbert, like, breathing down my neck. I'm going to just give her some vampire blood, because why the hell not? And then I'm going to lie to him about his sister's condition. Let her just leave the hospital (laughs) with vampire blood in her system that she does not know about. And hope that she doesn't die again. But it's like, Meredith's terrible doctordom has been leading up to this moment. This is like the culmination of her entire career as a dubious physician. It sure is. It was all for a reason. (laughs) So it looks like David's face like comes to like somewhat of a realization what Meredith is actually telling him. And then we have our final scene of the episode where Elena just lets out a big gasp from the slab in the morgue. She's alive as a vampire. 
It really has come full circle because my very first note on this episode was good morning, Elena. And my very last note was also good morning, Elena. Wow. All these times she woke up in this episode and this is the most intense. That is for sure. So beautiful. And that is the end of this episode. I am so shocked that Elena has become a vampire. Although now I feel like having watched this episode, I feel like this was probably an, an inevitability I was was completely shocked when it happened. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was, like, totally shocked. I just thought that Elena, well, she didn't want to become a vampire. Mm -hmm. And I never expected it to happen because, you know, she always has, like, the guard of, like, Stefan and Damon. So that's going to prevent anything from happening to her. Yep. Um, But apparently not because here we are. Yep. So I really feel like next season... I know that you've like hinted that it's going to be like bad, but I just feel like it's going to be like a whole new different show, basically. Yeah. It's definitely a new ball game over there in Mystic uh-huh. Falls. <laughs> and like, it's not all bad, but the way they handle a lot of this stuff is like not the direction I would have taken it. I'll just okay. say that. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. But yes, I really wish that we could have watched this together, but you know. We live in different time zones, even not just different yeah, states. I know. But I was just imagining the look on your face when all of these twists happened. Pure confusion. <laughs> <laughs> Elena is now, rewinding. as Harrison would say, vampire. Elena is a vampire. That's true. <laughs> Elena. Oh my gosh. And, like, Bonnie is, like, a little evil now, kind of, it seems like. I don't know. She seems like she's turning a little bit dark away from her witchy history. Well, they had that whole thing where she was doing the desiccation spell and her mom warned her that you have to go to a place of temptation of the dark magic. So I think that was kind of foreshadowing this, that she got a taste of the dark magic and now she's like, hell yeah, that's super cool. Let's do it. Yeah, but it's also just I don't kind of like about my ancestors. I'm not going to yeah. be a hand puppet for a bunch of ghost witches, which I think is valid. Yeah, like I totally, totally get that part. It just seems like so out of character. I felt like for Bonnie, but you're right. We did have that in the last episode, kind of saying like some shit might go down. Yeah, with you, Bonnie. Yeah. So where we leave everybody, Vampire Elena, Stefan and Damon, probably going to be awkward. Uh, Jeremy and Matt really fucked up, so hopefully they get theirs. Yeah. Uh, Caroline thinks Tyler is dead. Her mom and uh, Tyler's mom are fired. Wow. Klaus is in Tyler's body. Bonnie is off doing her own goddamn magic, and nobody can tell her. Are there other characters? Oh, the other originals are in the wind. Yep. They're piecing out. And aside from remembering like very basic plot points and that it's not as good as previous seasons, I don't remember everything that happens next season. So we're almost on even footing at this point. Uh oh. Because the last time I tried, like before we started the podcast, the last time I tried to do a full Mm rewatch, I only got partway into season four before I got annoyed and just watched something else instead. So I haven't seen any of this other stuff in a really long time. Okay, wow. Because yeah, we started so this podcast like... six years ago. <laughs> oh my gosh, that seems so fucking impossible, but I we know. did. 
And at least two of those years felt like five years in and of themselves. Right. We've lived through some uh, collective trauma living through the pandemic. So we've been through as much trauma as Elena has at Wickery Bridge. We have someone get me Stefan to come save (laughs) me from drowning in our hellfire of a society. If you were in a car under the water with somebody who you had once dated and was now a good friend who had just done something really fucked up to you and Stefan came, would you have him rescue you or your friend? Um, I would have him rescue me twice before the friend. <laughs> I don't care what that says about me. Yes. <laughs> There's no way I would be choosing a Matt Donovan type over myself. For some reason, this just reminded me of this movie straight up. I think it's on Netflix, but it's uh, it's very good. You should watch it. But there's this scene where the two main characters are having a discussion of if you could choose between yourself getting killed or a baby getting killed, what would you choose? And the, oh. and the main uh, girl character is like, well, you know, there's already been like a lot of time and and money and like education that's gone into me. And this baby just hasn't done anything. So I think it would be a better investment to keep me alive. <laughs> and I'm like, amen. A, yeah. I would definitely choose myself in this scenario. How about you? Uh, I don't know about if it was a baby, but if it was. A, oh, yeah. Not not the baby <laughs> situation. I'm talking about the Matt Donovan. If it was Matt situation. Donovan, I'd be like, I will give you a beautiful eulogy, Matt. But save me, please. <laughs> Yeah, no, not happening. (laughs) Oh my god, I cannot believe we have made it to the end of the season, finally. I know. I'm proud of us. We've been through so much, and we finally made it. So, as it's a season finale, we have to do our segments both for this episode and for the season as a whole. So I'm going to ask you, for this episode, who you want to punch? It's obvious, but I have to go for it. Um, I have to punch Matt. Yep. Because he's bothering me so much in this episode. But the fact that he drugged her, kidnapped her, lied to her, and that he's been, like, building up his goodwill towards Elena to use it for, like, nefarious purposes. It's just so fucking disturbing to me. And also, in the flashbacks, I that pissed me off, too. No 15-year-old should be trying to guilt their girlfriend by getting them to, like, say that they want to, like, marry them and, like, have kids someday and, like, go to college. Like, what the fuck? You're 15 years old. Get a life, Matt. (laughs) I agree with that 100%. So who you want to punch for this episode, Claire? Well, it was equal to me between Matt and Jeremy, so I knew you would say one and and I would get to say the other. Yeah. (laughs) So I will say Jeremy, and I gotta say, like... There are moments where they try to build the suspense of like, is this character going to do something bad that mm-hmm. that's so surprising? But this is like the only time that I actually kind of believe that Jeremy would side with Evil Arik because he's that dumb that he would yeah. be like, yeah, you know, genocide's no big. I could be convinced. Oh, good lord. Yeah. And his whole thing in the last few episodes about I have to protect Elena from vampires is so stupid. And it's so Jeremy, and it's so something we're going to have to talk about in Wire Men, but it's just like, mm-hmm. Jeremy is such a dumb shit, and he's just out of control this week. Letting him and Matt be alone in a room together it just, like, makes both of them exponentially worse. It's like they're it a really very does. bad influence on each other. 
Yeah, and it's like a weird like male ego echo chamber where they're just like, yeah, Matt, yeah, Jer, and just like, I don't know, feeding Elena into each can't other's make horrible choices. ideas. She has no sense of right and wrong. We gotta do it for her. We have to save her. Bah. Jeremy was my second choice, so that is a good choice on your part. Yeah, fuck both those guys. But for the season as a whole, if you can remember back all the way to the beginning of the season where it was Elena's birthday and Stefan was off on a murder rampage with Klaus. Wow. Tyler wasn't even a hybrid yet. Um, that was the beginning of this season? Yeah. He didn't wow. turn to a hybrid until senior prank night. Okay. Uh, so who you want to punch for that whole season journey? I feel like. I'm perhaps missing some opportunities from earlier in the season just because I don't remember. But I'm really going to pick Meredith. Ooh, I like it. She is just a hot mess. And she's supposed to be a medical professional. And a lot of the shit that went down this season is because of her. Because she couldn't keep Alaric under control when she was, like, letting him go out into the wild, even though... She knew that there was something seriously wrong with him. She's like, oh, I don't know where anything is in this house. Like, do you like sandwiches? Instead of, like, doing the important work. Uh, And it's her fault that Elena's a vampire here. I feel like Elena being dead might actually be the better option because that's what Elena wanted originally. Yeah, so she, she never wanted to be a vampire. No, she once again I had her choice taken away. Yes. And I don't see Meredith as like a savior. I see her as like a horrible person who's like trying to play God and like manipulating mm-hmm. people. And even if she does it with like good intentions, it still doesn't negate the fact that it's really, really fucked up. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I'm probably missing some horrible people from earlier <laughs> in the season, but at least the back half of the season, definitely 100% Meredith. Yeah, I can get. How about you, Claire? I feel like the obvious choice would be Klaus because he's Mm -hmm. done a lot of fucked up shit this season, but he's the villain. Like he's supposed to do that. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to say him. And I'm trying to remember how I felt about people through the first half of the season. And I'm hoping I can cheat a little bit and choose a couple. Yeah. That for the season, I want to punch the original parents. Michael and Esther. Because first half of the season was all about how Michael was the worst father of all time. And the second half of the season was all about how Esther was the worst mother of all time. (laughs) And combined, they are my who you want to punch. Because, like, they created vampires. Their children are original vampires because of their decisions. They had no choice in the matter. So, like, they've done some fucked up shit, but that's all because Mm -hmm. of decisions their parents made. But then the parents want to blame it all on them and then want to just hunt them down and kill them because they're like, oops, we made a mistake. Michael was abusive towards at least Klaus, possibly the other children. He wanted to murder them for a thousand years and he was just like a total (laughs) asshole. Yeah. Um, And then Esther, as we all know, was a turf and like hijacked the magic of black witches because she thought of herself as the best witch and they were all there to serve her to murder her children and lie to them and traumatize them over and over and over and really just like 
just for what she did to Rebecca, I could almost just choose Esther. Yeah. But, yeah. They suck, and they're both dead. Good fucking riddance. They do suck. They're the worst parents ever, literally. That's a good choice. So, who you want to high-five for this episode? Hmm. I feel like I'm going to have to go with Elena uh, mm. for this episode. Okay. I'm happy that she finally made her decision so that the love triangle conversation <laughs> is over, at least for an episode or two, I'm hoping. Yeah. Although it seems like all bets will be off now that she's a vampire. Who knows what the hell is going to happen? Um, but I... Like the way that she at least tried to stand up for herself um, in these episodes. And I feel like she's gone through a lot of growth and that it demonstrated in the way that like you see Elena in a lot of the flashbacks versus now. And even though a lot of her like growth came out of trauma, I feel like it's something that deserves to be celebrated. So I'm going to high five Elena. Yeah, I like that. And it reminds me of Buffy. (laughs) There's, a, there's an episode of Buffy where there's a flashback to when she before she was the Slayer and it shows her like mm-hmm. as a younger high school student with her friends being very vapid and like just talking about boys and like sucking on a lollipop whatever mm-hmm. and then it like cuts to her in this like horrible situation where she has to murder her ex-boyfriend because he turned evil and like She's lost everything. Like, her mom's kicked her out of the house, but she has the inner strength to still keep fighting. And I feel like it's a similar journey with Elena here. Yeah. With those flashbacks. Who are you going to high-five for this episode, Claire? I think I said her last week, but I'm going to say Rebecca. Okay. Wow. Because if we think back to earlier in the season, there were so many episodes where she really wanted to murder Elena, but a man Mm -hmm. kept telling her she wasn't allowed to. Yeah. And this week she was finally like, you know what? A man is telling me I'm not allowed to murder Elena, but fuck that. I'm going to fucking murder Elena to save my family. And like, I don't want Elena to get murdered. But if I think about this from Rebecca's point of view, it's the only way that she can prevent her entire family and herself from dying. And right. she's been letting all these people boss her around this whole time. And she finally got to live her dreams, do the thing that she's wanted to do <laughs> for so long. And I liked that for her, even though like, it's like with Bonnie. Like, I don't love that she saved Klaus, but I love that she made right. a stand. And, like, Bonnie would have yeah. been my second choice. But I was just happy for Rebecca that she finally is in charge of her own life. I like that choice. At first I was surprised, but I I agree with you. Even <laughs> though, like, the outcome isn't totally what we desired, it's good to see her have, like, some agency and yeah. hopefully some healing. Um, I just want them girl. all to go to therapy next season. <laughs> I would love to see that spin off as well. <laughs> so for the entire season, who you want to high five? Mm, I feel like there's so much that happened. I know. Do you want to go first on this one? Okay. Oh I feel like I might need a minute to think about it. I also need a minute. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to like remember what to... happened in the first half. I know. That's what I'm thinking about like right now as well. I think I'm going to high five Bonnie for the season. Okay, I like that. Because she was put through the fucking ringer. And she always tried to help her friends. She always tried to do the right thing. And when she was put in situations where she had no control over things, she still, like, fought to keep her ideals. 
mm-hmm. and she lost a lot and she had this like fraught reconciliation with her mother she had a lot of shit going on but she always came through for her friends and then she finally in this episode decided to do what she wants and I just want to see Bonnie have a nice life I like that choice where she only does spells because she wants to (laughs) right and she's not being manipulated by the witch spirits to do crazy shit Mm -hmm. I think Bonnie's a really good choice I think, not to be too similar to you, but um, that, I don't know. I feel like I could almost choose Elena for the whole season, but I already picked her for this episode. Um, I think that I would have to pick Caroline um, Mm -hmm. as the overall season high five. Um, We started out this season celebrating Elena's 18th birthday. And Caroline was there to kind of kick things off with a birthday party for her. Um, And I feel like that's just representative of the kind of friend that Caroline is to everybody um, throughout the whole season. So not to forget, like, she's dealt with her own shit this season. Like, her dad dying, um, dealing with, like, all of... constantly. (laughs) Yeah. Like, dealing with all of, like... Tyler's bullshit and like him leaving and then coming back and then being jealous of Klaus her being used as Klaus bait and then she just really like steps up for her friends all the time so she helped Bonnie take care of Abby when Abby was turned Um, you see her really taking care of Elena in the past couple episodes when Elena's been dealing with her various hospitalizations (laughs) and and issues Um, so Caroline is just fucking awesome and badass, and she stayed that way throughout the whole season. So that's who I'm going to high five. Totally. And I actually want to change my answer. Um, yeah. My high five for the whole season is the horse drawing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Thank you. Perfect. Thank me for my honesty. <laughs> or horsery, whichever. Horsery. <laughs> I want that horse drawing. I want the original. Do they still have it? Are they going to auction it off? Somebody buy it for me. I'll marry you. Wow. Oh my gosh. That would be my most prized possession, even though you would own it. I would just check that all the time. It would be like the traveling pants. We would just ship it back and forth to each other. Yes. You know, horses are the opposite of people, so. Yes. (laughs) And uh, on that exciting note, we got to go on to a bummer note. I don't think I'm going to make us do this for the whole season because that's too depressing. So just for this episode, why are men? (laughs) Uh, There's enough to talk about just for this week. There really is. So like we've been talking about throughout the episode, I think the biggest um, why are men topic is Matt and Jeremy's decision to dupe drug kidnap Elena Mm -hmm. against her will and try and force her to leave town without having any sort of plan of action um well not even not even that they need a plan of action it just seems like so ill-conceived and like not thought out at all yeah um and just really fucking wrong yeah and it's like they're the worst example this episode but so many people in this episode either make a decision for Elena or 
talk about making a decision for Elena. Nobody, like, Stefan, for plot reasons, is the one who's like, Elena should make every decision for herself. But Mm -hmm. literally everybody else is like, this is what Elena should do, whether she likes it or not. We have, obviously, Matt and Jeremy taking that to Mm -hmm. its weird extreme. We have Damon being like, I would throw her down a well like baby Jessica. (laughs) We have Meredith like, I'm just going to feed her this vampire blood and not tell her about it. So maybe she can stay home until it's out of her system. We even have Elijah like he's pretending that it's Elena's decision, but it's not really because what's the alternative like for her to work with him? Yeah. And like Alaric using her welfare as like, we need... You need to do this, Jeremy, to protect Elena because she can't protect herself. And, like, everybody treating Elena like she's not an adult, like she can't take care of herself, like she's not allowed to make her own decisions. And it's almost like the show agrees because they're like, the only way Elena survives is if somebody, like, made a decision against her will. Like, either Mm -hmm. Damon would have saved her or Meredith gave her this vampire blood. Right, right. And... It extends to, like, Tyler with Caroline, too, where he's, they're arguing about whether they should stay and help their friends or leave. And Tyler says, they're going to take care of themselves. I need to protect you. Not, we should take care of ourselves or take care of each other. It's like, I need to steal you away and protect you, even though you are equally as strong as I am. Right. Yeah. If not stronger. It's like, all of the men are very much, I must protect the female. Female is weak female is just crazy and emotional and does not know what is best or what is right and wrong. I, as male, must use my penis as, like, a divining rod toward the right plan. (laughs) And it ends up being the wrong plan so many times. Like, you see, like, the women in this episode, in this show, like, consistently outperforming, like, the men. Like, they don't have these, like, harebrained ideas or these ill-conceived notions or these aggressions towards other people on the show the way that like all of the men do yeah (sighs) like imagine if elena had been in charge of everything that happened this week she -hmm. would have just stayed at home and like hoped that like everybody would stay with her and take care of each other right and if it meant that like the only way to save everybody would be that she dies so alark dies she would have gone along with that which is you know its own thing that she has less will to live than would be ideal but yeah yeah. so much that is fucked up is just because these men take it into their head that they are smarter and more rational and capable than the women and it's not to say that women don't make fucked up choices like take esther for example but it's just so much more prevalent and so much more specifically, like, patronizing when it's the men. Yep. Definitely. Often when it's the women, it's like, I'm going to break free of the chains of the patriarchy to make this dubious decision. <laughs> it's just so frustrating, like, to watch, like, episode after episode, like, these harebrained things. And I even thought that, like, Matt was turning a corner, which is why mm-hmm. I feel like it was so extra frustrating to see, like, how everything went down this yeah. episode. Another thing that has come up on the show before is this, like, idea that Damon is always going to protect Elena even when she doesn't want to be protected. And, like, that somehow mm. makes him good for her. Like, I know that he's had lines in the past, like, I'll always make the de- hard decision even if she hates me. Like, I will keep her alive. Right. 
and you know it's an interesting conversation to have but it's also like that's fucked up (laughs) it is yeah like having someone alive is that more important than like granting them access to like use their free will to make decisions and that's kind of what we saw like with the difference between Damon and Stefan in this Mm -hmm. episode them highlighting that like over and over and it also really brings up the age difference thing because so much of it is like I had to take care of this foolish child who doesn't know what's good for her Mm -hmm. but also it's not creepy at all if I also want to have sex with her (laughs) I know I want to be your father and your lover yeah I want to be your caregiver and also have sex with you it's like fucking weird yeah and that's just baked into the premise of the show but I feel like they lean on it in a way with Damon where they're trying to make it seem romantic which is creepy it is I feel like it's common but also like inappropriate to be like attracted to like people that are there just to like infantilize you and like take care of you and like not like let you make your own decisions and Mm -hmm. people who like think that they know best I feel like those should be like two different things but for so long like in our culture like being like a wife or like a girlfriend like meant like deferring to like the man's will and like being like taken care of you still see like remnants of that like a lot today yeah and you don't even see that as something that elena sees as the reason that she likes damon like it's what's in his Mm -hmm. head about why he's the good choice for her but for her it's like oh like he's really hot and i want to fuck him like he makes me feel passion yeah but it's him trying to do these things for her and to her that make it hard for her to choose him Right. He's cock blocking himself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. That is the like distillation of this entire dy- dynamic. <laughs> oh. <sighs> I feel like I've talked myself out. I think we covered the major <laughs> points for this episode for sure. Good, because we got to get to the very best part. Uh, so for this episode, who should have done it? Oh, gosh. You go first. Okay. I'm very excited for mine. Yes. So we have uh, two ladies who are in a, a, in distress standing together in a room <laughs> who say to their children, the council outed us. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mayor Carol Lockwood and Sheriff Forbes. Wow. They have, they're a classic enemies to lovers story. They've been at each other's throats telling each other they're bad at their jobs but now they're united to try to save their children they've both been fired from their jobs because of their love for their children they realize how much they have in common that they would do anything for their children and they realize oh she's not so different from me oh she looks so swole oh my gosh she's she's a cougar i don't know i just think that maybe after caroline and tyler went off on their sexy adventure they had a sexy adventure of their own or they should have wow i love this choice i was thinking that you might pick it it's so good (laughs) the moment that they said the council outed us us. i was like okay i don't need to think about that any further (laughs) (laughs) that's why they're not accompanying their children they need Mm -hmm. to enter this next phase of their life yes yeah they they are both single yep and ready to mingle (laughs) good choice all right so i'm gonna pick mine 
and I think that it's a little bit boring, but if I think about the episode, um, and I think that I'm going to go ahead and pick Elena and Stefan. I think that I'm happy that she chose Stefan, and I feel like the show was leading us a little bit in that direction over the past couple of episodes, but... I felt like their kiss was very passionate when Stefan was like, in case there's no tomorrow or in case I don't come back or like whatever the hell it is. And I like to see Elena in a place that she wants to be. And even if I somewhat disagree with the premise on which their relationship started, (laughs) it does seem like it's good for Elena. And if she wants to choose like stability and love over like passion and, um, like being all consumed by love, then more power to her. Um, so I think that I'll be a Stelena person. Wow. Because earlier in the season, you were much more a Delena. I was. I feel like Damon, I don't know. I, I can't get around, I guess, his like assholeness. <laughs> like, and if that's what Elena wants, that's what I could get behind. So, okay. I think that I think that I've switched for now. We shall see what happens. There's still more seasons of this show. (laughs) I I could flip flop. (laughs) But for the season as a whole, who should have done it? Oh, wow. Klaus and his horse. (laughs) Not Caroline and the horse. Not not Caroline and the horse. That's too graphic. (laughs) Klaus loves horses. He loves strong them. He has a special relationship with them. Klaus they are and the opposite of people. Yes. I love I it. I think that's what I have to go with. <laughs> it's a silly one. How about you, Claire? I feel like I have probably said this for the past two seasons, and it feels boring, but really, like, from how the season started all the way to the, the final moments, this has been the most persistent and strong bond. It's Damon and Alaric. Okay, yeah. Just, like, the fact that there have been two emotional scenes where Alaric died with only Damon with him. One of those times, he literally died in his arms. Like, that is some epic romantic shit. Yeah. And, like, obviously that's not the canon of the show, but I like subtext, especially when it's queer. And... I just think that even though Alaric was a bit of a dickhole in this season and <laughs> Damon has his issues, like, I love their love. Yeah, I could. And it's very tragic. That. And it's like some of Damon's most sincere emotional moments have been because of Alaric. Oh, yeah. The season. majority of them. It's like the only time I feel like that he's been super, like, vulnerable and honest, except for in a couple of conversations with Lena has been, yeah. like, with Rick, like, dealing with, like, whatever challenges that have been thrown their way. For sure. Yeah. So predictable, but I feel, I tried to think of somebody else, and it it just didn't seem right. I I dig it. Because even though, like, I am Team Delena by the end of this season, I don't feel it strongly enough, or, like, I have enough caveats that I can't, like, put my wholehearted support behind it. Mm Mm-hmm. I like it. And wow, that takes us to the end of our segments. I got to ask you, what are your predictions for season four? Oh, for fuck's sake. Who knows? Who knows? So Elena's a vampire now. 
So I think that there will be a lot of focus on kind of like training her how to be a vampire. Um, I think that she'll definitely choose to like become one instead of like letting herself die. Um, Bill Forbesing. Yeah, instead of pulling a, pulling a bill. Um, I think Caroline will be there to like help take care of her. I'm curious how it might change like the dynamic of a lot of the relationships mm-hmm. um, and the way that like just people like work around Elena because so much in the show like today for example in today's episode was about oh well we could just deal with this for 50 or 60 years until Elena dies and then like we can kind <laughs> of continue on with our lives and mm-hmm. like we could be brothers again or we could you know like release Klaus again and whatnot so this kind of puts a change in the game I'm also curious, like, because Elena's, like, a doppelganger, we might have talked about it with, like, Catherine, but, like, what special, like, powers or, like, options she'll have, like, as a vampire, like, does, like, that grant her anything extra? Mm. Um, I don't know. And then I also feel like we're going to see some shit go down with Bonnie because there's no way that, like, <laughs> this doesn't take a darker, twistier turn. Yeah. I don't think. I have, I don't remember what happens with Bonnie. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Bonnie. It's Bonnie. I remember basically what happens with Stefan and Elena and Damon. But the rest of the characters, like, I know what happens for them as a whole over the rest of the series, but I couldn't tell mm-hmm. you what parts of it happened in season four. So... <laughs> I'm really excited to revisit these storylines, even yeah. if they suck. Even if they suck, they'll still be super fun to talk about. Yeah. And yeah, I'm curious if Tyler's alive. Based on our our chat here, I feel like he probably is alive somewhere, even if it isn't just like a drawer or a cupboard somewhere. Mm-hmm. And who else? Fucking Jeremy and Matt. <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully they uh, accidentally shoot each other, like, when yeah. Esther almost made them. Right? Uh, maybe they'll learn their lesson and turn <laughs> a new leaf and just really double down on their... I don't know. <laughs> it's unlikely. It's unlikely. <laughs> I just remembered, I saw today that it is Stephen R. McQueen's birthday. Happy birthday, Jeremy Gilbert. We dragged you hard in in honor of your special day. We sure did. All these characters, all these things to come. Yes. It's very exciting. We'll probably take a week or two off before we start posting for next season just to cleanse our palates, but we will... um, be very excited to get back to it for you guys. Yes, we have plans for season four. And as I've said, I remember very little of the rest of the series. So it's going to be maybe a different dynamic on the pod. <laughs> Where we're both we're equally confused. <laughs> Neither yes. of us knows what's going on. Oh, so good. So if you have thoughts uh, that you'd like to share with us on any topic, doesn't have to be the Vampire Diaries, you can mystic follow us on Twitter at the VD Diaries or Facebook at the Vampire Diaries Diaries. You could also find us on Instagram at the underscore VD underscore Diaries underscore podcast. And 
Uh, thank you very much to Lyric Lover 14 who left us a new review on iTunes. That's a really great thing for you to do uh, to help us reach new audience members. We got to take over the world somehow. And also <laughs> shout out to Lyric Lover uh, who sent us some very interesting information on Instagram about how Bonnie gets treated as a character. Uh, oh. Apparently showrunner Julie Pleck did not want to have Bonnie on the show. She only wanted white people. What the fuck? And so she was always trying to kill her off. And apparently at some point, Ian Somerhalder threatened to leave the show if they killed off Bonnie. So points in your favor, Ian Ian Somerhalder. Thank you. Yes. I don't know where this information is necessarily coming from, but it does explain a lot, so I believe it. Uh Uh, Also... Apparently, Julie Pleck loved Matt Donovan, and that's why he gets all the this screen time and all these storylines when he's just like a sack of potatoes. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, yeah. That's some good tea. It really sucks, but it makes it a lot easier to understand some of the choices that are made on this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, fuck all of that. Bonnie rules. Matt drools. Probably literally. <laughs> Yes. He is a mouth breather. I definitely agree. <laughs> a stinky mouth breather. So thank you very much for sharing that. Uh, we always love hearing from any of you, especially if you have information that we don't know. Like with that this week, with the Moby Dick info last week, we we're, we live to learn. Yes, we're learning so much from all of you. So thank you for getting in touch with us and giving us <laughs> the deeds. Yes, and of course you can always uh, send us an email at thevddiaries at gmail.com if you have maybe a longer novel-length message to share. We'd love to read it. (laughs) We would. And this season has been very interesting. Like, it spanned the entire pandemic so far. It took us over two years to get through season three because of the challenges of life. And it's meant so much to us to hear from so many of you and to have gained so many new listeners, it's been like a r- real silver lining in a really shitty time. So I just want to say that we love all of our mystic followers so much and bless you all. And you're right. We are awesome. <laughs> yeah, Claire, just to echo that, um, especially like at this point in my life and at this point in the pandemic, it's been hard to like have a consistent thing to like always look forward to and getting a chance to like catch up with you every week and do the podcast and um like just get in touch with so many people from like around the damn world who like love listening to us for some reason um I mean I think we're awesome but I feel (laughs) like you know it's just it's been a really positive experience so thanks everybody for for listening and yeah we'll we'll keep this we'll keep this train going I think just in the last couple weeks we've gotten messages from new listeners in Lithuania and Wales. So truly world domination is on the horizon for us. Thank you so much. (laughs) And I guess that does it for this episode and this season. Keep on, you know, keeping the spirit alive out there. Don't let any dead ghost witches tell you what to do. If you want to murder somebody, just murder them. And... (laughs) Don't try to make people's decisions for them or roofie people, even if you have good intentions, okay? It's it's not cute. He's a ripper! Mozzarella.